music team for leading us. It was awesome. Let's honour them this morning. Awesome. So before I forget, kids, you can head off to Kids Church so you can find your leaders and have some fun out there. Awesome. Thank you. So, hi church, my name's Claire, if you didn't know me. I'm so glad that you've joined in with us this morning. Um, So if it's your first time here at One Heart Church, we want to welcome you and say, hello, we're so glad that you're here this morning. If you're tuning in on the live stream, I know that there's, I'm sure Erica's watching, she's a bit sick at the moment, so she couldn't be here. So, hi Erica, if you're watching, we miss you, we hope that we can see you again soon. And anyone else on the live stream, hello to you as well, we hope we can see you soon. If you're listening on the podcast this morning, or whenever, whatever day of the week it is, hello, it's Claire here, hopefully you're having a blessed day, and you're listening to this, and hopefully you're blessed by this word. And if this church is your home, welcome, we're so glad that you're here this morning. So, before I jump in this morning... You're probably wondering, where is Pastor Rob and Pastor Pauline? Well, it's okay. I'm actually going to tell you. They're just taking a little bit of annual leave this week, and they will be back here next Sunday. Well, actually, on Thursday, because we have a week. And so Pastor Rob is going to be back on Thursday, but Pastor Pauline a bit after that. But that's okay. So, um, anyways... Um, so I pray this morning that you will get a hold of something from God and let God do the work in your heart. So let's pray before we jump in this morning. Lord, we are so grateful that we can come into your house this morning and um, just have an encounter with you. We thank you for your presence that's um, wanting to impact our hearts and wanting to um, be on our lives. Lord, we just thank you for your word, which is alive and living. And I just thank you, God, that you want to speak to us every moment of every day of our life. So We just commit this time to you. We say distractions, you have no room in this place today. And we just say, God, we want to let you do the work this morning through your word. And the believers all said, amen, amen, awesome. So if you've been around church for a while, or maybe even if you've been to kids church before, I'm sure you would have heard the story of David and Goliath. Has anyone ever heard of that? Great. That's awesome. Well, I'm done. I'm just kidding. I'm I'm just kidding. Um, So you may have even heard a common phrase used to describe a situation. It's like a David and Goliath moment where the unlikely underdog takes the victory against all odds. But for me, the story of David and Goliath isn't really about the unqualified underdog who's just a little shepherd boy. It's really a miracle story highlighting to us that with the power of God on our side, it's possible for every giant to be defeated. So if you're taking notes this morning, um, the title of the message is David's Victory. Also, you can make use of the church app where you can find all the notes, all the scriptures on there if you want to use that handy little thing. But if not, that's okay. Um, So this morning, we're going to cover three main points. So number one, it matters what you've got on. Number two, it's time to step in. And thirdly, obedience to opportunity. So if you have your Bibles here this morning, we're going to read 1 Samuel 17, 1 to 11. And it will come up on the screen. So it says this, The Philistines now mustered their army for battle and camped between Sokka in Judah and Azekah at Aphizdamim. Sorry about my, sorry, I'm not very good at, those long words, but anyway, that's not the point. Saul responded by gathering his Israelite troops near the valley of Elah. So the Philistines and Israelites faced each other on opposite sides of the, of the hills with the valley in between them. Then Goliath, a Philistine champion from Gath, came out of the Philistine ranks to face forces face the forces of Israel. He was over nine feet tall. He wore a bronze helmet and his bronze coat of mail weighed 120 
125 pounds, which is about 56 kilos. He also wore bronze leg armor and carried a bronze javelin on his shoulder. The shaft of his spear was as heavy and as thick as a weaver's beam, tipped with an iron spearhead that weighed 15 pounds. His his armor bearer walked ahead of him carrying a shield. Goliath stood and shouted a taunt across to the Israelites. Why are you all coming out to fight? He called. I'm the Philistine champion, but you are only servants of Saul. Choose one man to come down here and fight me. If he kills me, we will be your slaves. But if I kill him, you will be our slaves. I defy the the armies of Israel today. Send me a man who will fight me. When Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. So our first point this morning, it matters what you've got on. We just read about our Philistine giant, Goliath. Goliath, he was a strong, brave, intimidating, a typical giant who was ready to fight. It says he was over nine feet tall, and that's probably about three meters. I was, I was thinking it could be maybe from the floor to the ceiling, but I'm not very good with distance, so maybe it's a little bit shorter than that. Now, um, but as a comparison, the tallest man in the world ever recorded was only 2.5 meters tall, and the average height of a male is 1.7. So we see 1.7 is the little guy, the middle guy is the, the tallest guy in the world, and Goliath is even taller than that. That's just a bit of a bad comparison, but you, it, get, it gets the point across. Um, so Goliath was huge. We read about um, Goliath saying, send me a man who is ready to come down here and fight me. Send me a man who's willing to fight me. And that got me thinking, why did Goliath only say, send me one man? There's two whole armies there. Why not make use of the entire army? Surely one, surely one whole army is stronger than one single man. But I was doing a bit of research and I found out that it was actually a very common way to fight, having a one-on-one single combat where each side would choose one representative to fight against the opposing side. And it's actually very smart if you think about it because you're not putting your entire army at risk. You're only risking to lose one man as opposed to however big your army is, right? Um, And... So you would put your strongest soldier forward in hopes that they would win. And so the Philistines had Goliath. He fit the criteria with his strength and ability to to intimidate. He was the ideal representative. He was prepared and dressed accordingly. He was wearing his bronze coat of mail, covering his arms, chest, and the top of his legs. His bronze leg armor protecting his legs, like this image here. His bronze helmet protecting his head. He carried three weapons, which were all optimized for close one-on-one combat. His bronze javelin and a spear on his shoulder, which could penetrate through armor and a shield. A sword on his hip, and his armor bearer was ahead of him carrying his shield. So he had his armor on, his weapons were ready to go, and he was prepared to fight. Typically, when it came to fighting, there were three different styles. Number one, cavalry, which was horseback or chariots. Secondly, infantry, which were armed foot soldiers. So they had their spear, sword, and shield, and they were wearing typically full body armor. And the third group was artillery, which were the archers and slingers. And interestingly, it was very common for artillery fighters, so the archers and slingers, to defeat the infantry fighters, the armed foot soldiers, as they could position themselves at a significant distance and not be threatened by a sword or or spear. So the slinger would have incredible accuracy and great force when it came to projecting an object such as a stone. And it was rare that they would miss their opponent or target. So I have a photo or an example of what a slingshot would have looked like then. So that's what it would have looked like then. Um, um, So Goliath was an armed foot soldier. 
He had his weapons and his arm on. He was infantry. He was prepared to fight in a battle that he was used to. He, I'm not sure, maybe he's fought on in many one-on-one battles before and um, been a winner because he's so big and he's got his, his short sword and shield and he knows, how to, he knows how to use it. By the way he was dressed, he thought he knew how the battle would go. He assumed he would take the victory. Whereas David, on the other hand, was armed with just a sling and stones. He was artillery. Um, David fought a different battle. And David is the complete opposite of Goliath. It says, upon hearing that no one had stepped forward to fight against the Philistine giant, David was compelled to step in. Out of the whole Israelite army, no one volunteered. Out of a whole army, no one volunteered. I don't want to be a part of that army. I want to be a part of an army who actually fights. It says in 1 Samuel 17, verse 32 to 33, Don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. I'll go fight him. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy and he's been a man of war since his youth. He was just a young boy with no armor and no weapons, just himself. And Saul doubted him, claiming there's no possible way you are going to win. You don't even stand a chance. You've got nothing on him. Just by looking at David, his outward appearance, there was an assumption that he was going to lose but because he had nothing to show that he was capable. He says in 1 Samuel 17, 38 to 40, Then Saul gave David his own armor, a bronze helmet and a coat of mail. David put it on, strapped the sword over it, and took a step or two to see what it was like, for he'd never worn such things before. I can't go in these, he protested to Saul. I'm not used to them. So David took them off again. Now, David is the perfect example to us, showing us how important it is to be certain in our identity. David put on Saul's armor and took it off again. I'm sure if David just was thinking, oh, maybe I'll just give it a go, you know, maybe I'll stand a chance. He'd never worn the armor before. He probably would have walked out there and fallen over, not been able to get back up, and maybe he would have got killed by by, um, Goliath. I don't know. He probably would have lost. But David knew he didn't need to wear that. He knew he didn't need that armor to protect him. David knew he was fighting a different battle, and that's the same for us as well. It challenges me. What am I putting on me myself daily? Because we can be tempted to look the certain way or to fit um, that certain category, to look the part, just because others do or just because someone tells us we have to. We don't look at what the giants are wearing. We need to be confident in what we've got on ourselves. Because David could have walked out looking at Goliath and decided, I'm going to go back and put on Saul's armor because I need protection. But David didn't. He knew what was on his life. He knew what God had spoken. He knew he didn't have to look like Goliath. And he knew he didn't need to wear that kind of armor. And that should be the same for us as well. There's one way that we can be confident in what we have on. And it's found in Ephesians 6, verse 13 to 18. And it says this, Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the shoes of Put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. So every day we need to be prepared. Like David knew what was in his life, we need to be sure that 
Every single day we are putting on the armor of God. Only then we're ready to stand in the battle. Only then we're ready to fight against the enemy. And only then we will see the victory. And the encouraging thing is in Isaiah 54 verse 17, it says, no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. That is a promise that God is stronger and more powerful than any weapon that could ever come against us. Nothing is more powerful than our God. No sword or javelin from the enemy is more powerful. No giant's intimidation or torments are more powerful than God. No giant is more powerful than our God. You need to know what you've got on and understand that the God we serve is more powerful than the Goliath that you're going out to fight. So my second point this morning is time to step in. 1 Samuel 17 verse 32 to 33 says, don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. I'll go fight him. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy and this man, he's been a man of war since his youth. Um, verse 37 then says this, the Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead and may the Lord be with you. So it's our time to step into the battle. It's our responsibility to step in. Saul had an entire army, yet only David was the one who said, I'll go. As believers, we carry the responsibility to stand against the giant. It's time for us to step in. Because the thing is, if we don't, who will? If we don't step in, the giants just get closer and closer. The giant's voices just get louder and louder. And we're allowing the giant to be there. We're saying, just make your bed here. Like, it's fine. Just stay. But we want to fight against the giant. When we step into the battle, we say, God, I'll go. And we can be assured that God is with us because we aren't stepping in alone. David carried the authority of God and we carry the power of the Holy Spirit with us. We fight against the natural with the supernatural. Acts 1 verse 8 says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And that is a promise. The Holy Spirit brings the supernatural power into your life. And I don't know about you, but I need that power of the Holy Spirit every single day in my life. The Holy Spirit is my friend, my advocate, the one who guides me, my encourager, my strength. The Holy Spirit brings boldness, courage, peace, and joy. And all those good things are found in the power of the Holy Spirit. So we can say yes I will step in because I carry the power of the Holy Spirit with me. Let the Holy Spirit take the lead and do the work in us. And there are so many giants in our world that are controlling so many lives. And the sad thing is that people just think that the giants are impossible. Like there's no possible way I can be delivered from that. There's no possible way I can be healed from that thing. There's no possible way that that I can ever get through this, you know. And there's a few note, a few um, examples that I've got on my notes here is depression. We settle for so many things. We settle for depression because it's too hard to, to push through. Anxiety, sickness, helplessness, poverty, mental health, physical health, loneliness, shame, addictions, confusion, confusion, identity, and so many other things that I'm sure you can think of too. And if we don't say, I'll step in, if we don't go in and fight against these giants, we're just allowing them to stay in control of everybody else's life. We're allowing them to stay and not be defeated. And the world we live in is like Saul's army, full of fear, doubt, insecurities. And we as believers are called to live differently, not to fear the things of the world, but to be strong in the Lord, stepping into the battle and believing that he will bring the victory. And I love that song we, we sang just before. It doesn't matter their odds. It doesn't matter how big the giants are, how impossible it looks to win. 
Because we can be sure that all we need is found in the power of the Holy Spirit and through the authority of God. God always makes a way. He is the God of the impossible. It says in verse 41, Goliath walked out towards David and his his shield bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt at this ruddy-faced boy. Am I a dog, he roared at David, that you come at me with a stick? And he cursed David by the names of his gods. Come over here and I'll give your flesh to the birds and wild animals, Goliath yelled. I I was just encouraged in 1 Samuel 16 verse 7, it says, don't judge by his appearance or height. The Lord doesn't see the, the things the same way we see them. People judge by the outward appearance. And that was David in that moment. He was judged because he was just a little boy looking weak and not, not mighty at all. But says in verse 45, David replied to the Philistine, you come at me with a sword, spear and javelin, but I come at you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today the Lord will conquer you and I will kill you and cut off your head. And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with a sword or or spear. This is the Lord's battle and he will give you back to us. As Goliath moved closer to attack, David quickly ran to meet him. Reaching into his shepherd's bag, he took out a stone and held it with his sling and hit the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank in and Goliath stumbled and fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the the Philistine with only a sling and a stone, for he had no sword. Then David ran over, pulled Goliath's sword from his sheath, and David used it to cut off his head. When we step into the battle, we step in with faith. We step in with the power of the Holy Spirit, and we carry the authority and power of God with us. That takes the victory. That is dangerous for the enemy. That is how we take down giants. 1 Chronicles 28 verse 20 says, Be strong and courageous and do the work. Don't be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord my God is with you. Because he... Be strong because God is with you. Proverbs 16 verse 9 says, A man's heart will plan his own way, but the Lord directs his steps. And that encourages me that the Lord is directing every step I take when I'm obedient to him. So step in knowing that God is directing your steps. For our God, God is with you. God is with you every step of the way and he is in the battle with you. So are you ready to step in? Because the giants of this world need to be defeated. If David, just a little shepherd boy, stepped in with faith and saw the victory, imagine the victories that you can see in your life because God wants to bring the victory to your life. And all that we need is found in the power of the Holy Spirit and the authority of God. My third point this morning is obedience to opportunity. 1 Samuel 17 verse 34 to 37 says this, but David persisted. I I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats. He said, when a lion or bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue it from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I've been doing this to both bears and lions, and I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too. For he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lions and bear will rescue me from this Philistine. David's obedience to God didn't start on the battlefield. David was obedient to God even while working for his father. While he was caring and protecting for his father's sheep, David was obedient to God. And David carried the authority of God in every area of his life. He carried the authority of God into the battle. And 
I get encouraged because previous seasons David was in prepared him to fight against this giant. David said, it was the Lord who rescued me from the claws of the bear and lion. David knew it wasn't by his own skill or his own ability that made him successful. He knew it was by the Lord. And it's the same when we are fighting against our Goliath too. It's not by our strength. It's not by our skill or ability. It's by the power of God. And obedience might seem like a small choice, but it has big impact. David's example of obedience encourages us today to continue to do the things that might seem small or insignificant because we know that that has the lasting impact. And obedience is reading the word, studying it, seeking to understand. The word transforms our lives. It changes people. It equips us. When we read the Bible, it's not just for the sake of reading. It's to know and understand God. When we dedicate time to worship in private, it's a step of obedience that has lasting impact. Spending time in prayer, both private and corporate, is a step of obedience that has lasting impact. And I want to encourage you to keep going back to the word, keep going back to the place of prayer, keep spending time in worship, because in those places is where we grow stronger in the things of God. The small steps of obedience have lasting impact. And I love that David carried a different attitude throughout his entire life. He spoke in a different way. He wasn't threat when he was threatened by a bear or lion, he didn't say, Oh, I'm just so terrified right now. I don't think I can do this anymore. I'm just so, so scared. He didn't declare that. He said, I know my God will save me. I know my God has got me. When David faced Goliath, he didn't say, Oh, that is a massive giant, that he is huge. How am I ever going to take him on? He didn't talk about how big or dangerous or intimidating Goliath was. Instead, he declared how good my God is. David carried the victory attitude. He gave God the glory. He gave God the honor. He declared God's power and he declared the goodness of God. And that's the victory attitude that we need to carry as well. Because let me tell you, if you don't carry the victory attitude, Then we have the victim attitude, and I know which one I would much prefer. So practice having an attitude of victory that declares the goodness of God. There is evidence in studies that actually shows that your thoughts determine your attitude, and your attitude determines your action. So we need to take captive of the things that carry the victim's attitude and allow the victory attitude to be on our life. Because it was out of obedience that got David the opportunity to fight Goliath. It was out of his attitude that got him in the position to fight against the giant. And I want to live my life obedient to God, believing that out of obedience will come the opportunity. David teaches us so many things. Having a heart for God prepares us to be used by God. The Spirit of God equips us to do the will of God. God uses people that might not look the part. That obedience opens opportunity, and God can use the ordinary, mundane, daily life to prepare you for the next season. So out of our obedience to God, others' lives can be impacted too. God is so great. He's so mighty and so powerful. He always delivers. So let's make that our life's declaration. Let's never underestimate the season that we're walking in or the seasons we've been in because that is the training ground for victory. Let's be obedient in every season knowing that Every step we take of obedience has lasting impact. And finally, when God makes a promise, he's always faithful to keep it. Before we step into the battle, be reminded that God has made you a promise and he will keep it. David's promise came to pass, so believe that yours will too. I'll just invite the musicians up as we prepare to close a little bit this morning. So this morning, we've just looked at three main points. 
It matters what you've got on, the armor of God. Stepping into the battle is through the power of the Holy Spirit and authority of God. And the obedience then prepares you for the battle now. And maybe today you're facing giants in your life that you just can't, you feel like you just can't defeat. And you don't know how much longer you can be standing. One way you can be strengthened is actually joining us for Awaken this Thursday night. Because let me tell you, we get to just linger in the presence of God. We get to pray for one another, believing um, that God wants to move upon our life. So I would encourage you, if you're feeling like, I just, Claire, I just don't know how I can get through the week, Claire. I just don't know how tomorrow I'm going to face this giant. I encourage you, get in the Word of God. Speak to a leader. Let them pray for you. Let them speak life over your situation and allow the attitude of victory to be words that come out of your mouth, not the attitude of victim victimness I guess um, so I want to invite you to be able to awaken and strengthen yourself so that you can come and stand against the enemy so you can come and stand against your Goliath who looks impossible but we know with God all things are possible so before we finish this morning I just want to pray for um, I'll, I'll pray for one groups of people and then we're going to um, have an opportunity to um, give your life to Jesus this morning. So maybe if you stand this morning, I'm just going to pray that we can um, have the strength to continue. So Lord Jesus, we just thank you for your word. We thank you that we can find encouragement in every part of um, your word, Lord. We just thank you that we can be equipped by wearing the full armor of God, that we can have faith to believe that you, God, are stronger than any giant that we could come face to face with, Lord. So we just pray, God, um, for any any people in this place that are feeling weak today, Lord. We just pray that your power can bring the victory, Lord. We just pray and thank you through your Holy Spirit, Lord, that that brings power as well, that brings authority, that brings boldness, that brings courage. So we can come face to face with our Goliath and say, you don't have a place in my life anymore. So we just um, thank you, God, for what you've done this morning. And we just pray um, for blessing over um, the rest of our service. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, And before we... um, finish I just want to give anyone an opportunity maybe this morning you've just felt God um, or just felt something in your heart that makes you just want to give your life to God this morning it could have been in worship it could have been through anyone in any prayer or even through the word we just want to never miss an opportunity for someone to give their life to God so we're just gonna um, pray this prayer together this morning and believe that this is the best choice you can ever make in your whole life so dear Jesus I believe you are the Son of God, that you died on the cross and rose again to forgive my sins. I ask that you forgive me. I give you my life and invite you to be my Lord and Saviour. Today I am born again. I trust my future into your hands. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. And let me tell you, that prayer isn't going to fix all your problems. It's just a journey that you get to walk on with God. And we want to partner with you on your new journey with God. So if you've prayed that prayer for the first time this morning, I'd encourage you, come and speak to me after the service and um, we can give you some resource that will help you start this awesome journey with God. And we are just going to move into a song before we close the service this morning.